Well, I'm excited to be up here today and to be talking to the graduates, but as, as Pastor Jason said, really things we're going to be looking at are from God's Word. They're, they're for all of us. There may be a certain glint at times that'll be focused toward where they're at in their lives, but it's really just looking at the Word of God today. And we're going to be in, in Romans 6, if you want to turn there. But I realize that Valerie and I have officially been here um, a while, long enough where um, seeing all of you grow up, mature, and get to this place now where you are um, kind of going to start making your own way, making your own way in the world, figuring out what that looks like, figuring out what that bit of freedom you're going to be having now, what that liberation into the world as, a, as an adult, as a more independent in those ways looks like. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of decisions that come with that, some that are, can, are costly, you know, that can have certain monetary costs in, in those decisions you make, and, you know, trying to figure out the right decisions. Am I making the right decisions? Is this where I need to go? Is this where I'm supposed to be? All those things that just start rattling through your heads as you're, as you're going through this time here. And when, so I decided, since we're going we're gonna to make you be a little vulnerable today by coming up here and, and praying for you with your families and stuff, that it's only fair that I'm a little vulnerable too. And, and so I decided that I would maybe start by um, showing a liberation, like a little freedom I started to taste as a senior where I was like, you know, I can make my own decisions. I know, I know the kind of man I want to be. And so if you want to click the slide, there it is. I, that's, I wanted to be a tight sweater Chinese necklace highlighted hair guy. Um, that's what I want it to be. And you know what's great about um, trying to get to taste that freedom when you do it before your senior pictures is it's remembered for all posterity and hangs in your parents' house for decades. So we finally, all of the siblings, we finally were like, you know what, can you take these down? So they replaced them with wedding pictures, which we appreciate. So now I, I appreciate my wedding day a lot more than... <laughs> than uh, that. But so there's a taste of, there's a taste of my freedom. There's another one where I refuse to change outfits too, where I'm wearing the same exact dress outfit and holding a shotgun. (laughs) So there you go. There's me being a little vulnerable with decisions I made as a independent man. So, man. (laughs) All right. Well, all right, Zach, you can, yeah, let's get rid of that. There we go. (laughs) All right. So, so, um, Again, so as, as I think about, you know, okay, there's, there's me trying to maybe taste a little freedom, and then two months after that picture, shaving my head down to skin, thinking that was going to be a good idea. You just kind of run through the whole course of, what's your identity? Who am I? All these things, trying to figure that out. And I ran across this quote a couple weeks ago, and I hope you don't take it too seriously. It's going to sound serious right away, but it was, every dead body on Mount Everest was once a highly motivated person, so maybe calm down. <laughs> so, you know, and it's not saying that you shouldn't do things like that, but just that reminder that sometimes, you know, you get these big things, I'm going to do all these things, and it doesn't quite go your way. It's kind of maybe what that's getting at, and to kind of step back. And so, like I said, we're going to be in Romans 6, starting in verse 11, which I believe is on uh, page 943 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to look um, there. And, um, and so that's what we're going to read. We're going to read... Um, in Romans 11, 6, 11, starting there. And, and what Paul is doing here is he's explaining where our freedom is found and how our freedom 
is ironically found through um, a different kind of slavery, a different kind of servanthood, in a sense, and it's, it's being a servant or slave to God, um, since that is where the freedom of, of grace in God is found in those ways. And so Paul kind of lays down that case here on what this real freedom looks like while still calling us servants, but servants of God, slaves to righteousness um, from kind of that standpoint. And so leading up to here, leading up to where we're going to read, we see Paul laying that out. Um, and the reason, you know, up to this point is him just trying to give this theme of understanding the gospel, of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, what that all means for us. Um, Paul gives that need for salvation as well as where it's found through Christ. And Romans 6, um, in this part of the letter, Paul really kind of starts to tackle looking at sin a little bit more, looking at, looking at the, the subject of sin. And so this section, um, he has um, arguments that are, go against how some people maybe think that because of God's grace, that gives us the license to sin however we want. Of course, Paul will fight against that, that that doesn't mean you just sin knowing that, well, God has grace, um, and we don't go there either. But Paul reminds the reader that even though in Christ the new age has come, that the old age of sin is not gone yet, that we're still having to live through this age of a broken world, of fighting through sin. Sin has been defeated. It was canceled by Jesus at the cross, but we are not in that time of full restoration yet. What we've called here in the past the the now and not yet of the kingdom in that way. And so now let's read, starting in verse 11 there through 23. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you were once presented just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Paul here begins by saying that when we're made, when we're made alive in Christ, the power of sin over us is broken. That in Christ, that's not, that's not our master anymore. We're not beholden to it, that we have a freedom found in what Christ brought us in that. Um, which is why, in verse 12, Paul goes on to remind us to not allow that sin to reign over us, that he makes the point to, to focus on sin being over the mortal, the mortal body, when he says it was sin that made our bodies mortal, and therefore do not yield obedience to such an enemy. So then, um, Paul, he's telling us not to use, um, not to allow sin to reign in that way and to, to, to continue us to be instruments of unrighteousness in those ways. And he points out that that secret of us moving toward becoming holy lies in giving our whole person to God, to giving our lives over to God through what Christ has done for us since through that is where we find real life, eternal life. That's what he's getting at here. And so he makes that point to yield as those that are alive from the dead. And, and this, is what, this is what one author said, talking about this. He said, to yield a dead carcass to a living God is not to please him, but to mock him, yield yourselves as those that are alive, a living sacrifice in that way, to come over to him. You're living, you're alive in him. And that's why he goes on to say that sin can no longer be the master of you because you're no longer under that condemnation that comes through that, but under grace that justifies. That justifies. It makes us right in the sight of God through Jesus. So because Paul is, is making this, this claim, you're making this believers in Christ are no longer under the law. Um, he ends up playing devil's advocate, like I mentioned in that, um, and asks if that means we're free to sin. And then he quickly, of course, says, by no means. No, that's not, that's not the, the way we're going here. And so it brings up a question um, because this is something that as many people try to understand Christianity, or, or new Christians especially, they ask for clarification on this whole, this whole thing is, you know, it's something that we all have to kind of wrap our minds around, especially when we're maybe um, newer, younger believers in those ways. And so Paul, of course, would want to combat that to make sure that is crystal clear, that, that, that there isn't this whole, you can just kind of keep going as you're going, knowing that you can always run back the next day, that he wants to make sure that the young believers in, in Rome and now us, as we're growing and learning these things, know that that's not the case. Um, you know, we, we have a tendency to want to do that, wonder how far we can kind of maybe push something, wonder how far we can lean into something before it starts slipping off um, into being, you know, too far. And so we always are looking for those boundaries. And so Paul wants to make sure that it's crystal clear that it's not about boundaries, but it's about living your life for the glory of God in those ways. And so we have to watch that 
and all those things. So Jesus even teaches on this very thing in Matthew 6 when he talks about no one can serve two masters. You can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways in that way. And so when you think about Jesus saying that and put it on to what Paul is saying here, um, that um, he wants us to see that we're always under obligation to someone or something, that there's always a master, there's always something reigning over you. But Jesus, and Paul here, wants you to see that when God becomes that new master, when God becomes the lead, we're no longer to follow that old master, and we now have a good, a good king, a good master in those ways, leading us out of this unrighteousness. And so he goes on to, to say that further in that way when he reminds that as servants of God, we are free from sin. We understand that we are no longer under obligation. It's not an obligation to obey, but the desire in our hearts transitions to a want, a want to serve God, that that as those desires align, it becomes that way. And so Paul wants the readers here um, to truly understand what being a servant of God looks like and what that means. And so he describes this life fully given over to God as a surrender, a surrender of our members to the work of building God's kingdom and living in holiness in those ways. And it takes us time, when you think about your own life, it takes us time to see that. It's a process. It's, we, have to, we have to work through these things. We have to grow in these ways. We have to um, continually go back to understand, just like why Paul lays this case in here, so that as we are trying to understand the Christian life, we can see what God means by these things and what it means to live in those ways um, and just through that process be slowly transformed to be more and more Christ-like in our lives. And then he simply asks the question there, what reward were you getting from sin? What's the reward there? What, what are you really gaining from that? He's reminding the believers that, that you've tasted that. You've tasted that bitterness, that, that sour life, and you've, you, you know what the, what the fruit of that, of that life is. And... Um, it's a, it's, it's, it, the fruit you're bearing in that is essentially not even fruit you'd want to call fruit. It's just, it's, it's no good, it's dead, it's rotten in those ways. And that's why he can go to make this clear case that the only benefit that we obtain from slavery to sin in that way is death. Is death in that way. So he has this warning to steer clear of this everlasting ruin in that way. And that's where he urges to seek holiness and to yearn for that in our lives. Sin can seem pleasant and inviting many times, and yet we always, the end game there is always dismal and dark, ruin. The wages of sin is death. That's what he says, right? He uses the term wages. The wages of sin is death. Talking about death was wages and talking about what God gives as a gift. Wages of sin is death, but the gift is what God gives in eternal life. And that's intentional there. 
What God gives is not wages, but it's a gift, a gift that we didn't earn, that's unearned, that's given with no, with no nothing we did to earn it in those ways. It's that gift of God's grace. That's what Paul wants you to see here, that when a sinner collects wages, when someone collects wages, they're treated just as they deserve to be treated. You get wages for what you've deserved. And you think about it in this case, that's sobering. That's, that's frightening to think about, that you would get um, the wages you deserve. But on the other side is that gift of grace. When God gives us what we do not deserve in eternal life. And so the long and short of it is that, that being a slave to sin brings death and a slave to righteousness carries us towards righteousness, which in turn is God's holiness, God's goodness toward us in believers. And so Paul uses this, this section here to explain that that's where freedom is found. When you think about freedom and liberation, that that's the first thing that as believers... As someone growing in our walk, when we think about freedom and, and being independent, that the first place we start is that we're with God. We're not. We're free through God and what he's done through Jesus. And so he lays that. He lays that all out. To not be the slave to sin. So in Christ, we talked about we're under grace which frees us from sin's bondage and, and slaves to righteousness. And, and he talks about how this leads to sanctification, that fancy word for a life, lead, you know, a life of striving to live righteously through God's help in that way. And then the end game there being eternal life. When we when talking about being a servant, in this context, when he's talking about being a servant, a slave to God in that way, it's not the issue we think it should be. It's not a word that um, we like to use a lot, especially when we, we enjoy a lot of freedoms in this country, that we don't, we don't like to think about that. You know, our country is founded on this idea there's no master, there's no sovereign over us. We're, we're free to make our own choices. And that's, that's true in, in our lives um, we live in a wonderful place that does allow these freedoms and these liberties in those ways. But in the, when we're talking about in this context, it's this different idea of, of how we're, of our spiritual, looking at our spiritual lives there. And, and, and you, you graduates especially, but again, all of us, you know, you're coming to this, this point where you're going to be charting a path, understanding which way you want to go in things, and trying to decide future plans, what your goals are, what, what those things could look like. You're going to have more and more of that ability to decide your future in those ways. You'll be out of the house eventually, maybe not right away, but be out of the house and tasting that liberation and what that looks like, what that freedom's going to look like in making those choices in your own life and in your lifestyles of how you live. But I hope that looking at this section of, of, of Scripture and just kind of breaking this down and we think about that, that you're reminded that even though you do, you do have those, you do have those ability to make these choices and, 
and, and, and find your way, that you're still under control of something, that something is still reigning. And as Jesus pointed out, there's two masters in that way. It's either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness, to God in those ways. And it's only by God's grace that we see our blindness, that through his grace on us that we end up seeing our blindness to that problem in those ways. And we must see that, understand that correctly, that we're freed in Christ. And it's easy for, it's easy to think and for others to come to a wrong conclusion that, that sometimes when we think about this type of freedom and, 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 and in terms of the Bible here, that it can still end up kind of getting twisted into like a social, political, or economical sort of way. But that's not the case. We're liberated from a reliance on sin leading to condemnation. And that's greater than any of that. Than any of that. To not have the power of sin reigning over us. And so our faith in his work is what puts us under his grace and brings us into God's family. And when you see that, and when you understand that, and when you cherish that, you see that really is a gift. That what a gift that is to have. And so as the worship team comes up, I just want to kind of say this to the graduates, um, that you are, like I, like I mentioned, you're going to be kind of working out your own path, paving what that's going to look like. And you'll hear that in many ways from many different people. Even at your graduation, you know, it comes up and what that's going to look like in the future. And, and they will tell you how you're, you're pushing through to make your own life now and that you can be anything you want to be. And like I said, all that is fine, all that's good to figure that out and to use the gifts that God has given you well and to seek that out in your lives, but as you find that niche, and I hope you do, find your niche in this world of where that is, my main thing that I hope and pray for you is that that trajectory and where you go, that even what you think about with what you want to do, that that starts with God and allowing him to guide you and to look to him first, to to look at his word, to allow that to saturate your life and to live in that way and allow his Holy Spirit to kind of work through you in those ways and to see where he leads you, that you recognize him as the Lord over your life and his son as your savior, as, as the Christ, your king. And that you rest in that and you allow God's spirit to, to be what moves and directs you in all those things in even bigger ways than what to do next. That it's even bigger than that in, in how he works in you. But in the daily choices, in everyday life, that's where we need, we all need that. That that's, before our feet hit the ground, that's where we need to be. And that you see that this idea of being a servant in this case isn't as bad as it may initially sound. And I hope that, that Jesus 
Christ is the central part of your life and that his salvation that brings us from this death, this condemnation, to life is what anchors your soul and that's where you find your peace and joy. And as, as Paul says in this part of the letter that, that you never forget what he says there, how the wages of sin is death, is ruin. But, one of those important words in the Bible, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that's where I hope, that's where I hope you are today, and I hope you're seeing that, and I hope God is, is, is opening that up to you today. And so, we're going we're gonna to sing a song now, and as the worship team starts the song, I just invite the graduates to come up um, on either side, and, and bow as we, or kneel here as we um, pray for you and that your, your families come up with you and that we can give you a gift and that we can just share this time praying with you as a church. What love could remember no wrongs we have done Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more What patience would wait as we constantly roam what father so tender is calling us home he welcomes the weakest the vilest the bold our sins they are many his mercy is more praise the lord his mercy darkness new every morn our sins they are many his mercy is more what riches of kindness he lavished on us his blood is the payment his life was the cost we stood neath the debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. If you'll bow your heads, let's, let's pray over our graduates.
Lord, we pray now for these, these six graduates we have up here. And, and I pray that as they, they venture out into the world and they find their place in it, I pray that you remain at the center of those walks and that they live their lives understanding that freedom and joy are found in only in your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that you guide them in their decision-making and they look to you for wisdom. You help them be drawn to your word daily. Help them to see you in your fullness, in your goodness, in the reading of it, and let the work of Jesus be their place of hope and comfort. We pray your protection over them as they enter into the world in a more independent way that you remind them, you convict them who to live for and who they're meant to live and serve, that you carry them in all of those things and pray that you help them be reminded of the things that we've talked about over just this past year in Sunday school, of how you designed us in a very intentional way purposeful, good, and wonderful way. And that even though this world is broken, that you gave us a roadmap in your word and how to navigate through that and where to look. I pray you bring to mind what we've talked about in the life of Samuel and Saul and David on Wednesdays over this school year. And that they remember not just the cautionary moments we saw in those stories, but how so you worked through those times and you were never surprised by anyone's shortcomings and how you blessed and used mightily those who walked confidently in your ways. Lord, watch over these graduates' families, the parents especially, but even siblings and grandparents and all those involved in their lives that you pre- prepare them and what these next months and years may end up looking like and that you give them wisdom to the parents and how to help and in in the different packages that that help may come in. You put a drive in us to leave home and to have our own homes and sometimes even fill that home with a family. And I pray that as you do that in these graduates that they never do any of these things outside of your guidance and that your desires for them become their desires and that you make them mighty people of your kingdom and all they do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you'll stand with me, I'm going to close by reading Romans 15, 13. This will be the verse we'll close with today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that may the power By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Thanks for coming today.